I'm Jenna. And I'm Mark. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Cincinnati Zoo Tales. It's just Jenna and I today, no guests, and we're here to give an update on Fritz, our baby hippo. We're excited to talk about it. A lot's changed since our last update, for sure. I'm trying to figure out if I can remember things well enough <laughs> to share all of the details. It's been a whirlwind the last two months, that's oh for gosh. sure. Oh my gosh, we have been so busy. I don't know if anyone noticed, but we missed out on putting out a podcast yesterday when we normally would have. It's October 20th, it's a Thursday. But uh, things came up and we've been so busy at work, so we're sorry about that if anyone, I don't know if anyone noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think someone noticed, right? Sure. My uh, parents out there listening, they probably noticed. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. Um, but yeah, so we wanted to give an update on Fritz in the intro. So if you haven't heard, we have a magical bloat, a family of four hippos. It's really cool to see them all together. And... It was kind of a stressful time to make this happen. We weren't really sure how things would go. We, you know, did intros with Fiona and Bibi and Henry way back in the day, but it was such a different situation. Mm -hmm. And I was completely wrong about the Fiona introductions. I thought Bibi would be much more accepting of Fritz and Fiona interacting than she was. I was too. When we first went to introduce Fiona, this is late August, um, like August 24th, I think was the first day they were together. Um, you know, I thought surely Bibi and Fiona have such a strong bond. This is going to take maybe a day or two, right? For them to be comfortable. They'll sleep together in no time. They'll be eating together in no time. That's not quite how it played out. Exactly. I thought all of those things too. And just a reminder, Fritz was born on August 3rd. Typically, the mothers will kind of isolate themselves a few days leading up to birth, and then for the next week or two, kind of stay on the outer edges of the bloat or the pot of hippos they're living nearby or with. So we did the same thing. We were kind of following BB's lead. We kept her separate for about two weeks and then started doing the nose-to-nose interactions and allowing Fiona and Fritz to interact through gates if they wanted to. But so it was about 20 days before they were actually sharing the same mm -hmm. space. So we were playing it safe and took it slow, but I thought, for sure, this is what they would do in the wild. Fiona will be sleeping with them no in no time. And that didn't happen. Not at all. Not at all. And I think Fiona was definitely taken aback by it all, because, you know, this is our princess. This girl has never been disciplined. She's never been mistreated once. So once she actually got disciplined a couple of times by BB, I don't think she knew how to quite react, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, she she wasn't expecting it maybe or I get what you're saying she didn't know how to react but she did all the right things though like yeah. she gave BB the space she didn't try and push it she just like hung out on the other end of the pool and she got her first scratch that everyone was very upset <laughs> about um and you know we saw all of the right things happening they were just like slower and different than we expected I guess as I mean we're not experts on hippos. We know a lot, but when you think about it, I mean, me personally, I've worked with two adult males, one adult female, now two babies, mm -hmm. but it's not like I have decades of experience with all different sorts of hippos or introductions or anything. And, and it's, it's, I think like a general rule of thumb with wild animals, right? They're always going to surprise you. Something's going to go unexpected. They don't behave like our dogs and cats at home. You can't predict everything. And we were definitely wrong in this case. You did mention really quick, I want to touch on it. You did mention Fiona got her first scratch. 
that was something we expected, right? Yes, it wasn't yes. anything that took us by surprise. Not at all. I mean, that's how hippos communicate with their mouths. Yeah. And BB had to back her off some way. She couldn't, like, come out punching, you know? She doesn't have the, the arm length to do that. Um, and so she needed Fiona to back off. She would use her mouth and, you know, their skin is two inches thick. They produce this blood sweat that helps them heal really quickly. So, I mean, we weren't worried about any of that. None of our hippos have ever needed veterinary care because of these scrapes, even deep cuts that they get or gashes from fights. Um, so Fiona was perfectly fine. Um, her ego may have been a little bruised. Her ego was bruised. I That's mean, mine was, and I was like, no, they'll be best friends. And I think eventually they will be. And in the like grand scheme of things, they, well, now they're getting along fantastically and we'll get into that. But like, Overall, I think Fritz and Fiona will be buddies, but I just kind of thought it would be sooner than it was. Took a little longer, yeah. So by the time BB was finally comfortable with Fiona being near Fritz, Fiona had learned her lesson and was like, I'm not allowed to be near Fritz. So she was like not putting herself in harm's way enough to realize that BB would have been okay with her coming mm. closer. So it kind of got to this point where we were seeing progress, but it slowed down a little bit. And then it picked up and we started seeing them like Fiona is sleeping 10 feet from BB and Fritz without BB reacting at all and Fiona getting a little bit closer and a little bit closer. Um, but she still wasn't coming to the wall for like the tours and things that, you know, her and BB would always eat right yeah. next to one another. Um, like I said, even if BB wasn't going after her, Fiona just wasn't putting herself in that position for it to happen or for her to interact with Fritz. So we couldn't really see how that would go. Um, but we were seeing progress. Like they were getting closer and closer. And in my mind, we wanted to see them sleeping together as like a group of three and be really strong and back to like the old BB and Fiona. Yeah, that kind of bloat behavior, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, before introducing Tucker, we didn't want to add any stress to BB and cause her and Fiona's like progress to go backwards. Right. Um, but our boss, like we have to give her a shout out, uh, Christina, like kind of convinced us that this was the right thing to do. This is what they would do in the wild. And we decided we should inter introduce Tucker. Um, this was last week. So October 13th, 13th I think. or yeah. something. Yes. Um, we put all four of them together and I'll back up and say with animals, like you said, you don't, you can't predict anything and you can try your best to guess what might happen based on how well you know them and their behaviors and the past and that sort of thing. Um, but at the zoo, we recently have come up with new ways to assess risk. Mm -hmm. So as a team, two different times we had meetings and went through a tool and we call it our risk assessment tool. And there's just inherent risk in this job in so many ways. Sure. With the animals, with us working with the animals, like there's danger in different ways. Um, so we have to be willing to take some risk, but it doesn't mean it's not scary. Yeah, it and is. in our minds, we're like, the bigger Fritz is, definitely the less scary this will be. We don't want anything to happen to him. And we never thought Tucker would go after Fritz. We just thought there was a chance that BB would be so protective that she would go after Tucker. And of course he can handle a few scratches and he, he's fine with it. He comes to BB no matter what. He's <laughs> like, I'll hang out with you. I know you might uh, beat me up a little bit, but I want to be here. Um, but we were worried about Fritz potentially getting in the way of one of those fights. Just kind of getting caught up in the melee. I mean, these are massive animals. BB's what, 3,500 pounds right now. 
Tucker kind of fluctuates, but he's usually around 42, 4,300, somewhere in there. So these are giant animals moving surprisingly quickly <laughs> when they get into a fight. They don't look like it, but when they do, they can move really quickly and react really quickly. And we were just kind of worried, like, Fritz would kind of get caught in the middle of that, right? Well, especially because he's basically, like, Velcro to BB. But it has changed. Like, I do think waiting a certain amount of time was the right thing to do because Fritz has started to become more independent. Definitely. And that was also causing... Um, like interactions with Fiona. Like, even if Fiona didn't want it, hopefully you guys have seen some of the most adorable videos <laughs> of Fritz chasing Fiona. He just wanted to get close to her, and then she would get nervous, and she'd start running, and he'd be like, oh, we're running. And then he'd run after her, and then at the beginning, Bibi would be like really close behind, but as the days went on, Bibi would just like keep eating, and Fritz and Fiona would be in she'd the She'd just pool. keep an eye from afar, yeah. Like, and then eventually she'd like wander down there. Initially a helicopter parent, like just slowly giving him more and more space. Like, I'm exhausted. This kid is bigger now. He's fine. He can come for himself for a little bit. Um, but so we were worried that if Fritz was just like connected to Bibi's hip, that if she were focused on you know, pushing Tucker off or something and, and Fritz was in the way that he could get hurt accidentally. Um, so we were hesitant, but we weighed all the risks and, you know, weather ha has a lot to do with it. It's tough in Cincinnati. Um, we wanted it to be consistent enough that we could do these intros like on a daily basis without having weeks, but like between. Yeah. Before and, winter really comes with the right. cold weather. Yeah. And we want them to be able to share space together. Um, you know, if they have less time outside, we want them to be able to get along better inside and that sort of thing. So, And it is important to say, we did want these intros to take place outside. Yes. Our indoor space is not quite as spacious. It's not quite as open as the outdoor space is. It was important for us to do these intros outside, which kind of put us up against the wall with the weather, like you mentioned. But <laughs> Yeah, great point. It was like now or next March, April. Yeah. And so, you know... We were playing it safe and leaning towards next spring, a lot of us, but um, like I said, we went through this risk assessment um, tool and determined, like, the odds of Fritz really getting hurt are probably very small. We assumed the odds of Tucker coming out with new battle wounds were very high, um, but it's been surprisingly mellow and, like, it's exceeded all of my expectations of how well the four yes. of them are getting along. Yeah, me too. And like you said, we'll have to give a shout out to our boss, Christina, who kind of like gently gave us kind of a nudge in the right direction. I think she could sense our hesitancy with yeah. all of it, but she kind of like was able to kind of logically talk us through all of it. We obviously, we have some irrational fears. We're a little bit protective over these <laughs> animals. Course, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe we don't want to take a risk that we probably should take and we probably needed a nudge in the right direction. And it's gone amazingly smooth, way smoother than I anticipated. Yeah, and one of those reasons being, I think we completely, I don't know, I don't know much about this. Like I said, we're still learning every day, but BB in the past has always shown signs of her being an estrus, like her cycling, and that's how I recognize that, wait, I haven't seen her cycling, she could be pregnant yeah. way back in December. The last time we saw any of these behaviors that BB does was November 2021. So we haven't seen her do these to this day yet until we did intros with Tucker. So even that morning, we weren't saying anything before we put her outside. And what are some of these behaviors you so, look for when you see her cycling? Yeah, so it's basically, BB um, does, I call it huffing, blowing out of her nose. I don't know how to explain it, but she becomes kind of lethargic. She just lays there and like, is what it sounds yeah. like. It comes out of her nose. Um, it's she, very distinct because, like, I'm sure the public has seen kind yeah, of some of her vocalizations on 
on exhibit sometimes, but this is a very different, distinct huff. It's not her normal kind of bellow or no. anything like that. It is very different. And it can last for like an hour at a time sometimes. And yeah. She'll be like less willing to get up for food, you know, where usually she'll just follow us around if she knows mm -hmm. we have food, that sort of thing. Um, and then the really obvious indicator other than the huffing is she becomes submissive to Fiona and of course now Tucker too, which makes sense for a breeding situation like to keep them from fighting, a female needs to feel submissive, willing to be submissive to yeah. this bull male. Um, but she'll let Fiona bite her tail. And so people have probably seen like Fiona just going after and gnawing on her tail and BB not responding in any way. And they usually are in estrus for about one to three days. Um, so you might've seen that in the past where BB's just letting Fiona like go to town on her tail. <laughs> I don't know why Fiona wants to do that. Um, but it sounds like the females BB lived with at St. Louis would also do that. Um, and so it's really obvious to us and we yeah. haven't seen that since she got pregnant and now with Fritz being around, but when we put her out with Tucker that day, um, you know, we, we had some strategies, right? So we put out hay in specific parts of the yard to spread them out, um, and keep them in the places where there usually is less fighting. We, um, sent Fiona out and then brought BB next to Tucker and sent Tucker outside while BB was literally like watching the door open and watching Tucker go out. So she wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. And then, um, waited for Tucker to move like further down the habitat and put BB out. And of course Fritz with her. And it was just like, I was so nervous. I had two nightmares the night before. I hardly slept. <laughs> I think we were all like, how is this going to go? Yeah. Because we just love Fritz so much. And we we're just, I don't know. Yeah, we wouldn't Looking back, I'm like, on. why were we nervous? <laughs> but, of course. Um, like you said, we just have some irrational fears and we're just protective, right? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There have been weird cases where, you know, hippos can hurt each other. Or intros, yeah. maybe if nothing terrible happens, they just don't get along. And that yeah. would have been no fun for too long. So, um, I, like, you guys were all out front. And I closed mm -hmm. that door when it was safe. I walked in the stall and, like, looked out the windows. And there were just four hippos. I mean, three of them were, I was about to say four hippos eating. But three adult hippos eating a little baby hanging out, like, checking out it's the It's like hay. three and a quarter hippos right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so amazing. Yeah. Like, what is happening? What is happening? So I went back out front where everyone was. The team was watching. And, like, BB did rush at Tucker um, a few minutes later and, like, pushed, backed him off, and they all ended up in the water. And then, what, like, five minutes later? They just started breeding. Yeah. I mean, It does make you wonder, though, like, <laughs> was it just happenstance that, like, this happened oh, to yes. just coincidentally be the perfect time for BB to be in estrus, and we matched up the breeding just coincidentally, or was it, like, induced? I right. don't know the answer That's to that. That's what I was asking. Yeah. I don't know that either. Any hippo experts out there, please email me. We got to get, get to Louisa. We got to <laughs> ask right. Louisa. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I wonder if she does know. Um, obviously, she knows so much about reproduction, but I don't know if she knows about hippos. I've never heard of, like, induced ovulation or anything with hippos. I don't know if induced, like, estrus is mm -hmm. a thing, but we... Like for, for really long time listeners, favorite. that's something with like the Sumatran rhinos that they discovered that Dr. Roth and the crew team were able to discover was like they were induced ovulators. You had to in, introduce the two, the male and the female in order to get the female to cycle and be able to get pregnant and solicit breeding. But I don't know if this was one of those cases where the introduction of Tucker to BB 
introduce those kind of behaviors to her, but I don't know. It would seem almost too coincidental right? for it to work out timing-wise. And it was just yeah. so weird that, like, the day before and that morning, she wasn't doing any huffing. She wasn't, mm-hmm. like, acting submissive with Fiona the day before. Like, I don't know. It just was so weird. But it worked out perfectly because they ended up breeding and... I mean, everyone right now, let's cross our fingers and knock on wood that her birth control is working. Yes, it is. Um, it's working, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we do not need any more babies, but... Um, She's on a new dose. <laughs> yes. She's on a new dose. She'll be good. <laughs> oh, but they bred for like an hour and a half, which, one, just kept them from fighting. So that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But because of that, Bibi was preoccupied, and she was letting Fiona and Fritz interact well not letting like fiona was just like oh mom's busy i'm gonna be brave right now like and they were interacting for so much like so much of the morning and then um fritz and tucker went nose to nose and were so close and bb didn't react at all because she was in this like submissive hormonal state that just Mm -hmm. like i don't know chilled her out so it was like it was amazing but we were all like okay this was, what was that, Thursday. Thursday so yeah. I was like, okay, maybe Friday, Saturday will be okay. Come Sunday, Monday, this might be, like, chaos. And there was a change, for sure. A noticeable change, yeah. Come, she, like, Sunday, Monday is kind of when I had noticed it, yeah. It wasn't like she was in love with Tucker and wanted to, him to be around all the time, but it went way better than we ever could have expected, mm-hmm. and they're still doing great, and... Um, he has a few new scrapes. Yeah, she's definitely keeping an eye on him a little bit more. He's got a few new scrapes from them kind of going mouth to mouth a little bit and her just making sure that he understands the boundaries and understands how he can and cannot interact with Fritz. But overall, it's gone much smoother than I had anticipated. It's been amazing. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like they're getting along better than they even did before Fritz, like her Mm -hmm. and Tucker in a way. Um, And it's just been amazing. We're seeing Bibi and Fiona interact way more now, and they're all, like, the three of them, Fiona, Fritz, and Bibi, are coming up to the wall together. Um, They're laying and, like, resting on top of one another again. Um, We're seeing them in the fishbowl, or I don't even know how to explain the fishbowl to everyone, (laughs) but there's this little area. You guys probably call it her throne. or Her shelf, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fiona's sitting up higher. Um, it was supposed to be a place for the fish to go, so they had a safe, like, hidey space. But the hippos use it as seating, yeah. basically. <laughs> so Fritz and Fiona have been up there with BB next to them, and, um, they're eating next to one another. It's just been really great. So, I don't know. It worked out. I mean... Knock on wood, yeah. <laughs> it worked out so well, and it's, it truly is magical. Like, seeing all four of them together is super cool. Yeah, not to mention it's made uh, cleaning a little oh, bit gosh. easier over there. <laughs> no more shifting hippos oh and gosh. cleaning around them. And yeah, and the minute you clean a stall, switching yeah. them, and yeah. yeah, it's definitely been helpful. That was sure. the worst, is when Tucker was stuck inside for part of the day while BB and Fritz were in, out. While Tucker was inside, when BB and Fritz were outside, you would clean up a stall. And then the minute Tucker had access to it, you have this nice, beautifully scrub <laughs> stall. Tucker dunk showers all over it. There goes your hours worth of work, like, <laughs> right down the drain. You but. just have to accept it and be like, I cleaned for today. <laughs> we'll do that tomorrow. It's, it's hard to convince a, your zookeeper brain sometimes. But, yeah, it's definitely helped to just have all four hippos outside and have an empty bar and a clean. For sure. But... For sure. And I think it's been really great for the public as well to, see, to be able to see all four hippos pretty much all day long. I mean, we are bringing BB and Fritz in just a little bit early now, but 
we're trying to extend that time as much as possible. The longer they get together and the more comfortable everyone gets together. But, you know, before it was kind of, maybe you'll see Fritz if you come to the zoo. Maybe you won't. We were kind of basing it around our intros with Fiona and BB and Fritz while still also trying to get Tucker some time outside. And we're kind of juggling all those factors. And now it's just like, nope. Everyone's together. Everyone seems to be getting along well, so... Yeah, and as they should. That's one thing that our boss pointed out. Like, they live in large groups. They're social, like, gregarious. They don't necessarily form really strong bonds with all of these other hippos in mm -hmm. their bloat, but they're used to being next to one another, so... Um, and we knew that. We all knew that. It's not like it was news yeah. to us, but it helps sometimes to have, like, an outsider come in and, and point those things out, of Definitely. course. Um, a fresh so, point of view. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing great. We're all very excited. Um, we are keeping our pool warmer this winter. So we used to keep it um, just warm enough to kind of keep the fish comfortable. But because of Fritz being smaller and the hope of getting them outside more often and having a lower temp break for them, we are keeping the pool at like 75. Um, so even on a 35 degree day, that water should be perfectly fine for mm -hmm. them. So we're hoping um, if Fritz continues to do well, and which I don't know why he wouldn't, he's about 275 pounds. 275. Yeah, he slowed down a little bit. Like he was 273 on Tuesday and he had been gaining like three to five pounds a day. So he's only probably only gaining, well, we'll see. I can get a few more, <laughs> a few more weights over the next few days, but it seems like he's Probably just one to two pounds a day now, yeah. which is still a lot. But he'll hit another growth spurt in there at some point. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> but so, anyways, he can handle these colder temperatures. It seems like so. We're hoping if it's you know forty degrees, you should be able to see all four hippos out. If it's thirty-five and sunny, and we know the like temperature is only going to rise, you might see him out even at like chillier, thirty-five and sunny. Um, but of course, we can always base it on day to day, and it's at keeper's discretion. So yeah. Um, if you guys come and they're not out, you can always check back later in the day if it's warmed up some. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati weather is always, you never know. You never I mean, know. it's going to be like 80 on Sunday, I think. Yeah. And it's 55 <laughs> today, so. And we just got a frost last night, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's been fun, though. I mean, he's been nonstop active outside in that exhibit. With all four of them out, he's chasing Fiona. He's kind of like instigating some nose-to-nose -nose interactions with Tucker. Like, I feel like Tucker gets a little bit nervous because you'll see him back up like, oh no, is BB going to come after me? And Fritz will just give him a little boop on the nose and then continue on his way. But. Yeah, I, I saw something really positive the other day, though. Um, usually if BB would be swimming by following Fritz or, like, leading and they're going by Tucker, Tucker will either back up really fast or, like, maybe, like, potentially try and, like, mouth one of them or something and he just let her swim by, her and Fritz just walked right by, and there was no reaction from BB towards Tucker or Tucker towards either of them. So that was cool to see. And there have been a lot of behaviors going on. Um, like, I was asked a good question. Um, like, what do we do if something would go wrong? Mm -hmm. And there's really not a whole lot. And I think that's the main reason intros feel the scariest, yeah. right? Like. It's not just a regular introduction where you can go in with an animal and separate. Or separate like, them separate manually them. if you need to. It's yeah. not even an animal that if something happens, they're on land. Like, they could literally, mm -hmm. like, there's the water element where Fritz were, like, being smushed against something. Like, we wouldn't be able, he wouldn't be able to breathe, even if he was fine, like, so there's, like, yeah. all these extra elements when it comes to water and, like, these giant animals that you can't share space with. 
and nothing like hurts them. Like our, one of our options is to throw like a cantaloupe at their head, which if they were in a real fight, that's not gonna. Affect I don't anything. think. It's, I don't know what they would do. Of course, we don't throw cantaloupes <laughs> at their heads, but I wonder if it would even get them out of their days. Yeah. Um, but so our options are, you know, like an air horn, um, something to kind of spook them, maybe yeah, get their attention, just yeah. like break up a fight to allow one to catch their breath or something if necessary. But thankfully, we haven't needed that. But there really isn't much we can do, and I think that's one of the reasons. You know, like. We can't close a gate between them when they're out in the pool. There are certain ways you do or intros with other animals that makes it a little bit... You just have more options. Not yeah. necessarily easier, but... You and have at more the end options. of the day, if things go really sideways, with a lot of animals, you can kind of forcibly, manually separate them if you really need to. And yeah. you can't force a 3,500-pound, 4,000-pound hippo to do anything. No. They're going to do exactly what they want. <laughs> and when they have something on their mind, it food doesn't even always like do anything yeah or convince them to move or or whatnot but um we've had some questions about like why do they use their mouths so much and um i mean obviously there it's a lot of us just watching and observing and kind of uh, not guessing but interpreting yes interpreting yeah. that's a, a good way to yeah. put it but basically if you think about it hippos don't have hands um they they can't hug one another, they can't hold one another, they can't, like I mentioned, like, jokingly, they can't punch one another, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, they use their mouths for good and bad, like, behaviors. So, if you see Fritz, like, kind of gnawing on or biting one of them, it's him just kind of, like, testing the water, seeing how far he can get. If he's specifically interacting with their mouths, that's a way they get to know one another as far as you know, the research we've read and the things we've seen with, um, the intros with Fiona and BB and, you know, Fiona basically walked into BB's mouth the first time they <laughs> met, um, and BB just let her explore. And, um, you know, of course, if they're uncomfortable, their mouth is away, you know, they can just open their mouth and look as big as possible. And that's what yeah. males will do to, you know, try and show you how big they are. And, um, and they don't have to touch anything or any, any other hippos, or they can literally throw their heads at one another with their mouths wide open, and we call that sparring, um, or they can actually bite, of yeah. course. So it depends on the situation, but... Um, it's kind of like us with our hands, right? Like, when you meet someone, you give them a handshake. Exactly. When you're mad at someone, you slap them, you punch <laughs> them. Like, well, obviously, we don't promote violence. We don't promote violence. We don't slap people. Like, maybe one of my brothers or something, but that's not it. <laughs> Yes, it's just a way that they communicate, and we may not be able to understand it or interpret it perfectly, but they use their mouths to communicate and investigate and get to know one another. And, of course, they have uh, vocalizations that they can use to communicate. I've heard Fritz doing little grunts, but I haven't heard him bellow yet. Mm. And then, you know, research is showing that there's a good chance hippos actually are vocalizing in ways that we can't hear. So underwater, they're probably communicating. Um, there's a potential they're using like echolocation type ways of communication. Their closest relatives are whales. Um, so they could be doing, making noises that are much lower or higher than mm -hmm. humans can hear. And it makes sense because sometimes if you're watching them with the awesome underwater viewing, you'll see one, they'll like kind of like turn towards one another, but they'll still be feet apart. Yeah. And just one of them will just kind of turn away. Like something was communicated, but you didn't hear anything. They kind of react simultaneously and yeah. you can tell that something is going on between the two hippos. But yeah, like you said, I don't know if they're auditorily communicating or maybe they just like 
are kind of sensing the ripples and the waves or feeling the movement of the water or something, but they they definitely communicate underwater somehow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it'll be interesting as more research comes out to learn more about that. But um, yeah, and then of course you can tell they're getting along if they're sleeping and relaxing on one another. And even if Tucker's in the middle of the pool, if everyone's relaxing, you know that it's going well. Mm -hmm. Like their guard is down, they're not stressed, and that's a good thing to see. Um, so yeah. Is there anything we haven't... Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should touch on. I don't know. I mean, the intros have obviously... That's been eating up a lot of our time these last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. We've been trying to... Observation time is as important as ever during introductions. So we've spent a lot of time watching, trying to pick up on these behavioral cues, these auditory cues, non-auditory cues. And it's been stressful and nerve-wracking at times, but extremely rewarding at other times. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And that's one of the reasons we have the stanchions up. It's so that we can have a view. So sometimes we're checking from the cameras, and if there are people smashed against the glass, we can't see from the camera view at all. And then also if we come out front and we just want to watch them and see how things are going, that's the only way we can learn. That's the only way we mm -hmm. can observe. Um, so... We have the stanchions up, and I think sometimes it actually gives the public a better view. Like, I don't know how it works, but there's just more space for people yeah. to see, kind of. Um, so I'm not sure how much longer we'll have the stanchions up, but that's the reason we have them, so we can have a better view and, and observe um, as we need to. But, um, yeah, Fritz is almost 275 pounds. He's, what, two and a half months old. Yeah. It feels like he's way older than that sometimes. It's only been two and a half months, Jenna. It's been, it's been a while, two and a half months, but that's all it's been. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I think that's all. Yeah. We'll keep keep up with another couple updates as we're going on. You know, I'm sure people are going to hear about Fritz. Once we get into wintertime, they're not out as often. People are going to want updates. So yeah. we'll try and be cognizant of that and get... At least another show out at some point with Fritz updates, maybe this winter sometime. But yeah, or maybe we can do one of our Instagram questions and uh, oh, yeah. people can send them in. Or something. That'd be a good idea, too. Yeah. To answer yeah. them. But do you have anything else for this episode? Do you have a what can I do? I do. Yeah? So this one is really timely. It's October, and people, you know, well, it's fall. So leaves are starting to fall. And one of my big things that I really like to share with people that may not know is the fact that there's absolutely no reason to rake your leaves. So if you don't want to because you're lazy, I don't know if that's the right word <laughs> to use, don't feel bad. You're actually doing good for the environment. Um, so there's um, a website that's called Leave Leaves Alone. And so if you guys want to check it out, it's leaveleavesalone.org. But it can explain better than I can in just a few minutes all the reasons and the things that um, benefit from leaving your leaves. But if you um, live somewhere where you have your yard covered in leaves, you can just leave them alone because they help animals, they help insects, they actually can help if you do it properly or um, if you want to, you can mulch them or kind of like cut them up. It'll actually biodegrade and help your soil and your grass come back greener the next year. Um, but it provides cover for so many animals. Like if you think about it, salamanders, caterpillars, all sorts of insects, they're overwintering and they use that leaf litter to keep them warm. And sometimes eggs are laid on those leaves. Um, so I just think it's really smart to leave them and you can save some of your energy. But if you're someone who's like, no, I need these picked up, I 
can't stand them. <laughs> You're you have some options. So you can always just like blow them or rake them into a corner and just leave that pile in one space so the rest of the yard can be all <laughs> everything else is clean grassy just one yard. or whatever you prefer. Um, but that way animals can still like overwinter in it and um, you know it can compost on its own. You can just mulch it and then put it around like tree trunks where the leaves are actually falling from and it'll help give those trees nutrients as they decompose. Um, so there are ways and again you can look up leaveleavesalone.org um, for a better explanation but my what can I do is don't rake your yard. Or if you want to do it for some fun like pile to jump in, leave that pile. Leave there. that pile, leave that pile. I mean Birds find bugs in there to eat, so the bugs that are overwintering provide food for the birds. Um, it's soil nutrients. It's going to provide shelter for small mammals and, you know, toads and fireflies and frogs and everything. So I just think it's a really good one that requires you to do nothing. I was about to say, this might be the easiest what can I do we've ever had on the show. <laughs> what what should not I not do? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not only do you not have to do something extra... You don't have to do something that's probably on your chore list. Right. Like we're telling you to take this chore off your list. Exactly. Just don't do it. <laughs> It'll benefit so many living beings. Yeah. And it can benefit your yard. So um, Helps the soil out. You get greener grass the next year because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Yeah. Leave the leaves alone. Hope everyone has a fantastic fall. It's my favorite time of year. I know. It's been really cold in the morning. <laughs> But uh, I like the 50, 60 I say, you're days. a Halloween person, though. This is your <sighs> favorite so time. Excited. Yeah. Yes. October is your favorite month. <laughs> it is. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. Um, we hope you enjoy fall as much as I do and Halloween. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And thanks for everyone for the interest on Fritz and BB and Fiona and Tucker. It's obviously been a ton of fun with us keeping up on it. We're excited to see where it goes next. Things have been going great so far, so... Keep up the support. We really appreciate it. Leave those leaves alone. Yes. That's all we got, I think, right? Yeah. Until uh, next time. Until next time. Thank you all for listening. Have a good one.